Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Dynamite this week started with another draw. Excellent. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs, the show where we just review wrestling shows. The worst thing I've ever said in my life, but listen, we have a lot to talk about because so much is going on. So this is the finger of power. This is me, Simon Miller. That's you out there, Brad, Steve, Jenny, Josie. I don't know. Let's up those downs. It may seem odd to get excited about a tie, but it is so damn important because we have done a couple of these recently. So now every single time Justin Roberts does say, oh my gosh, there's only a few minutes remaining, your brain starts saying, well, are they actually going to do it or aren't they? I don't know. So you really do want to find that balance because this is like the third one or maybe the second one in a month or so, now every single time Justin does say, oh my God, the match is about to end, once again you'll start ticking over, but then you don't do it, and now you leave it for a while, and it just keeps everybody guessing. So that gets a round of applause. That's how you manipulate wrestling rules. There's also the BCC versus FTR. Every single person in this match is just a wonderful wrestling performer. We should go out there and give them their flowers. Many ways, I don't get how they're so good. The theme of the thing as well was murder too, as if they got backstage and said, right, what do you want to do today? And someone was like, well, I guess we could just kill each other. And because nobody else could come up with a better idea, they were like, ah, screw it. Taz was great here as well, because on their way to the ring, he was like, I believe that FTR, Cash and Dax do have the better chemistry when it comes to the team. But then what was Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley doing almost instantly making the quick tags? So maybe he wasn't right at all. Seeds planted. Moxley and Cash then started to trade headbutts which was absolutely brutal. Although when Mox went for a dive, Dax Harwood saved his partner, which went very well, because Cash then grabbed John and he threw him into Simba the Still Steps. Of course he did. It also got FTR going because they started to apply the abdominal stretch, 1980s moves forever. Although they were kind of cheating here and using the other person for assistance. And the ref was like, yeah, I kind of think you should stop that. It, of course, met eventually Moxley just whammed them with a lariat when he got the hot tag to Claudio. And I tell you, you're talking about top five hot tags. You've got to talk about Castagnoli. He threw both guys around for a while as we got power drivers and topes. And then Dax Harbour was in here doing his thing. And then Cash and Moxley got equal tags. And they just ran at each other. It's like watching a Marvel movie. You also saw Wheeler avoid the paradigm shift where he hit a brain buster for a one-two ooh. And yes, this is when Justin was all like, ooh, we have five minutes remaining. And even I was like, well, are they going to do the draw? I mean, the draw would make sense. It wouldn't bleep us two plus two equals potato, but I didn't know. There was then Shatter Machine attempts and these ridiculous bomb of powers as Claudio started to hit those Sagat uppercuts because he loves them. And he also applied a sharpshooter. So Dax was like, well, I can do that as well. So he applied the sharpshooter. And the only reason they stopped... It's because they wanted to slap the other guy around the face. 
That's when I called the presses and I was like, listen, this match has everything. So it really was just wonderful chaos as Dr. Robotnik walked on. And just when FTR was going to hit the shatter machine, the time ran out and the bell rang. And I thought the reason this was done so well is that kind of FTR just stopped mid-move because they were really depressed. It kind of looked real. It soon turned to both teams throwing bones because neither could believe it. And even though wrestling security tried to stop it, of course they didn't because as we know, wrestling security sucks. So I'm going to assume that we do do it at the pay-per-view and we'll probably have some kind of stipulation too. My word. That will be even better still. I mean, they are some of the best guys going right now. It is so getting up. Renee Paquette was then backstage and she definitely pleased the AEW doesn't do stories crowd because she was talking to Orange Cassidy when she went through every single story beat that has happened between the best friends and the undisputed kingdom. Those guys are screwed today. I mean, whether you like it or not, it's definitely a tale. There's also a doctor there explaining that the entire best friend crew has been taken out. But when it comes to Orange, actually, he basically just passed his test. So the medical team can't do anything about it. Now, everyone else was freaking out like, no, Orange, you can't do it. He was like, listen, I am a piece of fruit. And if I'm good to go, I will face Mike Bennett later. And I'm doing it for my team. So you can see what's going to happen here, especially because Orange Cassidy popped up on RevPro over the weekend. He is going to overdo it. He is going to be fatigued. His HP is going to hit zero. And at AEW Revolution, he's going to lose that championship. Damn it, he tried. Alex Marvez was also in the back talking to FTR and they were super pissed. And just as they were about to challenge the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli were back. And again, the security were trying to stop them, but they were basically doing nothing. It is definitely going to happen again, though, and I cannot wait, which means the first match must have gone well. When we did go right into Orange Cassidy versus Mike Bennett. Well timed. Essentially, two Cassidy is going on an Undisputed Kingdom holiday here as he does work his way through the group. And even though he was able to defeat Bennett... I've already told you, when we get to the pay-per-view, I think Rodders is going to kill him. Given that Trent, Chucky T and Rocky Romero have all been taking out, I think Orange just like, listen, I have to get this done. Which is why his first move was basically the Orange Punch. He weren't messing around. Even when Mike tried to fight back, he still got DDT'd and hit with the Stun Dog Millionaire. But this Bennett, eventually he was like, wait a minute, I've got more stamina than you. And he did take over when he was like, well, I better go and talk trash on commentary. And I was like, you absolute idiot. He wasn't paying attention and he got hit with a die. He also hit Orange in the balls at one point, though. And I think this is very important for the future because now teachers can teach in science lessons that, yes, pieces of fruit do indeed have testicles. Bennett was then able to hit a gotch pile driver as we got into the one-two ooze, when he also started to hit Orange Cassidy with his elbow. And I've told you about this before, it all makes all the sense in the world. It's the pointy bit and I've got to stop tapping it. I think when he was doing this though, he must have accidentally hit Orange's go button. Because even though he was going to go for another pile driver, Cassidy just went, nah, I'm not into that. He hit the beach break and he got the one-two-three. And this was so surprising and out of nowhere, kind of made me pop. The aftermath was probably bonkers too, because of course the rest of the Undisputed Kingdom were here, and they were going to take out Orange Cassidy, when his saviour of all the people, and I never would have guessed this in a thousand years, was Jake Hagar, and he even had Orange Cassidy's sunglasses on. What? Now this was mostly because he was in his hometown of Oklahoma, and he did get a pop here, and he's going to face Roderick Strong on Rampage, so I'm just going to tell you this. Sometimes things happen, I don't think they're going to happen, and it makes me feel warm and fussy in my tum-tum. And that's what happened here. I didn't know I wanted Orange Cassidy and Jake Hagar to be a team. But I was very, very wrong. Giving it up. It made me smile. When AEW had a date. 
kind of. The only reason I mention this is because I'm still mad we didn't get that date on NXT. I was so excited about it. But Randy Paquette was talking to Angelo Parker here. It was all like, oh, hi, your romantic dinner is with Ruby Soho now. <laughs> Very timely. Ruby Soho walked into the frame which meant she must have been stood right there. This is when a nice car turned up, and Ruby was like, oh my gosh, what a fantastic ride. Actually, made me laugh, because Parker was like, no, we're going the other way, I booked a lift. It's actually quite a nice way to merge the storylines, though, because who got out of this other vehicle? It was none other than Ric Flair, and he was pissed. Because Rene didn't even ask what was going on, and Rick was like, listen, it's not really about what Sting has or hasn't done, but I don't feel like I've been very involved with any of this, so now I'm going to explore my options and he knocked on somebody's door, and he was gonna have a conversation with, dun, 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 the Young Bucks. Right, right. Now I presume this is gonna go one of two ways. Either Ric Flair will screw Sting over for the 1,000th time, and maybe that even allows the Young Bucks to become the champions, or this is a double ruse, and he'll pretend he's gonna screw over the Stinger for the 1,000th time, but actually he'll help him. And all I'm gonna say is this, I have my own thoughts and feelings, but it's Sting's last match, and given what he has given us, I think he's earned the right, to do whatever the flubby wants. When we got twice the twist, shows what I know. Because there was a massive reason the patriarchy had taken out Adam Copeland last week. That's because he ain't coming back anytime soon. He is injured, so he's not going to be at AEW Revolution. Damn. Therefore, Tony Schiavone told Daniel Garcia to come to the ring and was like, listen, pal, your lottery numbers just came in because you are now the number one contender for the TNT Championship. And that's right, you're going to get it in a couple of weeks. This was pretty cool, though, because Garcia did thank the fans and he tied it into the Continental Classic because during that tournament, he lost and he lost and he lost and he lost and he knew in 2024 he needed to get his momentum back. And now look at him, he's flying high. I like this. He also told Copeland that they will meet again and he will beat him. And just when he was going to threaten Christian too, I mean, he had said his name a lot. You know wrestling rule 14.08. Here came the patriarchy. Now, Cage agreed with none of this because Adam Copeland is never getting anything again. And when it comes to Daniel Garcia, sure, man, I'd love to face you in a match, but I don't think you're ready. And I think you're an absolute joke. Because what do you do? You're always pandering to the fans with that stupid dance. I hate you. He'd also gone and done some murder maths because he had found a Jackie Garcia who used to be married to a David Garcia who was, in fact, Daniel Garcia's dad. And that's right, his dad is dead. When he said this, I think my own life ceased to be. I can't believe that Christian keeps doing this. It does mean that if Danny could win, it would be a fitting tribute to his father. Although that's not the case, because as Christian told us, his dad was a no good alcoholic. And I was like, that's it. I got to go lay down. Of course, he then tried to manipulate Daniel Garcia by saying, oh my gosh, I can help your career if you would just come under my learning tree. So once again, he's trying to be father figures to people. He's a bona fide sociopath. Thankfully, Garcia had a tremendous line to come back to this because he was like, if you do any of this again, I will put you next to where my daddy lies, which essentially means he's going to kill him. Christian then sort of nodded at Nick Wayne, who did try to attack, but he failed miserably when it was Killswitch's turn. But this is when Matt Menard turned up with a chair and he helped his fake son. It was kind of interesting because Christian left all this by saying, oh, I just want to be your daddy, which sounds terrible, out of context. But I like how this is building. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, maybe Copeland could come back at the pay-per-view and cost Christian, and then Daniel Garcia would be the TNT champion. And actually, that kind of works out all around. Now, pretty excited. This is good stuff. Up. It did make me laugh as well, because Adam Copeland has now become Edge in WWE. <laughs> in the sense, he does get injured, and he just goes away for a while. More power to it. Cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When Ready Paquette was back, she was adding more zeros onto that paycheck. She had found RVD, Hangman, Adam Page, and Hook. Essentially, she wanted to talk to them about the main event. Adam did see this as a good opportunity for revenge, though, because, of course, Hook doesn't like Brian Cage. And a few weeks ago, Swerve Strickland beat Rob Van Dam. So there you go. RVD didn't seem to care all that much, though, because he just wants to find Prince Nana. Because he basically insinuated that he may have some weed. And the cowboy got really mad and he stormed off. That guy has problems. When Tony Storm squashed who I think was called Sydney Winnell. Why not? Now I think we did this because of course it kind of seems like she's accepting lesser challenges whereas Dionne Pirazzo is accepting harder challenges and she hit the hip attack and she put on the ankle lock thingamajig before she switched over to the Venus de Milo which of course is Dionne Pirazzo's finishing move and she got the tap out victory because you know damn it she's a heel but also a mega baby face because everybody loves her. The whole point was that she could be technical too, which is the theme of this feud. Although the absolute best bit is Deanna Parazzo then came out for her match as Tony Storm was leaving and they were looking at each other across the aisleway and the left was colour and the right was black and white. Now, I know this isn't for everyone, but I was watching it going, damn, that's some good presentation. I mean, just for that alone, I am going to give it up and it also meant we went straight into Madison Rain versus Deanna. As the commentators were telling us, oh, this has history because Madison Rain essentially trained Deanna Parazzo. Star Wars. Sadly though, this was one of those matches that kind of went awry, basically because in the middle, oh my gosh, Parazzo gave this DDT to Rain, who just landed right on her head. Like if you went out into the real world today and you tried to DDT someone, this would be the result. So it really was terrifying and I hope that Madison Rain is alright and soon after this, Deanna Parazzo did apply Tony Storm's finisher to get the win. Because, of course, they're firing shots at the other one. Tony ran in for a shoe attack afterwards, so I was laughing. Although she got booted right in the face. And Deanna would have got the upper hand here. But, of course, Luther cast distraction. That's when Tony Storm was putting on more submissions. When she just applied lipstick all over her face for some reason. I chuckled. Storm also cut this mad promo later where she was like, No, Mariah, may I don't watch your matches because wrestling is easy. But the point is this, Deanna. Come the pay-per-view, I'm going to smash it. So I do want to give the feud an up because I really do think they both come into their own here. And I'm excited for the match. 
But yeah, when we go back to that last contest, it does have to get it down. I'm not saying this is a bad way. It happens. Like if I have a cup and a ball, nine times out of ten, maybe the ball will go in the cup, but sometimes it will miss. And they will know this better than anyone. And you've seen them have matches in the past that were pretty damn good. So yeah, it has to get it down. But now we can just move on. It doesn't matter. We did go straight into this backstage promo with Sting and Darby Allen after, though flub me sideways. Because Darby was all fired up as always. He told the Young Bucks, listen, nothing is more important than family. And you totally forgot that because a couple of weeks ago, you basically tried to take Sting's family out. This is when the icon walked in though and he was way more morose than usual. And there was a very legit reason for this because as he told us, around about seven days ago, his father passed away. I was like, oh my gosh. Now this part doesn't matter, but it does all tie in. But Sting used this to cut one hell of a promo I mean, it was proper emotional. You should go out of your way to see it. All of this as well has made him think about his own mortality and that he's not as invincible as he once thought he was. But that doesn't matter because come revolution, the young bucks are in for the fight of their life. And I was like, damn it, Sting, I will ride with you to Valhalla. Who's going to show that sometimes less is more because he couldn't have said more than maybe 30 seconds worth of words. But I am so excited about this thing, especially because I do not know in what direction it is going to go. I kind of wanted to end on a happy note, but it's Sting, man. He's old school. We wait and see. Uh, we also bookended this with another promo, though, because Warclough then stormed the ring. My word, this was another theme of the episode. He was pissed. He just shouted like a madman, even when the fans were trying to mug him off and was like, listen, listen to me, man. I am a homegrown star here and I have laid waste to everybody. And within five years, how many world title shots have I got? It's a big fat zero. He then also reminded us about the best in the world with a real world heavyweight champion who he broke to such a degree that he's still getting injured in other places. Now, of course, he was talking about CM Punk, so the internet's like, meh, it's another shot fired at WWE. I'm like, no, it's not. CM Punk didn't die. He still has a character impact within AEW, and it's true. All of this happened. Why wouldn't Wardlow talk about it? He should. He also reminded us that he'd taken out MGF and he choked out Samoa Joe. So, damn it, where are his opportunities? By the end of this, I was like, damn it, Wardlow needs an opportunity. Given that he feels like the uncrowned king of AEW too, he feels like it's time to start eating like a champion. I was like, man, low, good line. He also finished it all off by saying it's war now. Because, of course, that's his name, War Delow. Either way, we'd better follow up on this. All of a sudden, his stock has flown back up to the sky, but we have to do something with it. We've done this too many times with Wardlow, so let's execute a plan and, yeah, get a belt on him soon. Let's get it up. We then continued all the teasing with the Bang Bang Scissor Gang because they were in the back. And Daddy Ass was like, yeah, Jay White, sorry about that match over the weekend. I didn't mean to run into you. Whoops. White did seem okay with this as the guns called themselves the Collision Cowboys when Anthony Bowens was like, everybody loves the acclaimed and the bang bang to the gang. Or something like that. So as always, I'm not entirely sure what we are doing here and I personally think we should just fast forward to the feud because I think that would be more interesting than them all being buddies. But you know the deal. We say it together. We wait and see. But Kate was then doing even more work because she was in the Don Callis family. She was like, wait a minute, Don. You're going to have to Kester and Will Osprey fight. What happens afterwards? Don was like, I don't care. One will win, one will lose, but all the best wrestlers will be under my roof. So, of course, one of them is going to leave, and Callis even said he was going to England to pick up Will. It's like, dude, that's overkill. And we're also going to get Powerhouse Hobbs versus Sammy Guevara on Rampage. Story is so nuts. And all over the place, Sammy Guevara was facing Jeff Hardy recently. I have absolutely no idea. Anyway, we did get to the end of AEW after this, and as the Beach Boys said, it was all about having fun, fun, fun. 
And now that I've said it, I totally regret it. But it was RVD, Hangman, Adam Page and Hook taking on Samoa Joe, Swerve, Strickland by Cage. And this was all about callbacks. So the first thing we saw was Hook saying, I want Samoa Joe. So Samoa was like, all right. He got in there and he murked him. It did mean, however, when Hook finally took him down, this place went crazy. When we tagged in RVD and Brian Cage. That's like, this is the wildest timeline. Brian went all power mad until eventually Hangman Adam Page tagged himself in because he wanted Swerve. And it looked like he was going to get him before those meddling kids got involved because Brian and Hook kind of separated them. I was like, what are you doing? It's like giving me a present at Christmas and then burning it. There's no need for it. Brian then held Hook in the air for about 72 centuries when Hook did reverse it into a DDT. When it was RVD who got the first hot tag. I know he doesn't like it when people say this, but I can't help myself. He is still so damn good. He also got the five-star frog splash onto Brian Cage for a one-two-ooh. And this was a bit like bad guys and good guys who gives a damn because Swerve saw an opportunity to just mug Hangman Adam Page off and he did it. And everybody was like, yeah, do it again. Don't forget, Strickland did try to kidnap his baby. Nobody cares. My favorite part, of course, is when Cage and Paige tagged in, for obvious reasons. But even then, Adam was definitely to get to Swerve. It was a bit like, man, I respect your dedication. They all got into it then, and at one point, Hangman Adam Page took out Brian Cage, and Samoa Joe was back, and he was booing each other in the face. When, ha, we got the tag klaxon, and it was just move, 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 move. But the way it all flows together, you can't help but have a good time. We also got the Tower of Doom spot, because we had plenty of individuals, although you wouldn't want to live there. When Hook applied the red rum to Brian Cage, because he doesn't like him, when Samoa was back, he was just throwing punches. It also meant the Swerve came in with this crazy house call as Hangman Adam Page finished it off with a buckshot. I was just giving it another round of applause. It also meant we got down to Swerve Strickland, Hangman Adam Page and Samoa Joe. Almost like we're trying to advertise a pay-per-view here. And when Swerve went to hit the cowboy, he missed and he hit Joe instead. Uh-oh. Adam was so mad, he was like, well, screw you, Swerve. And he powerbombed him through Alan the announce table. This was totally out of control. Which is when RVD re-summoned himself, he took out Cade, and Hook snuck in, and he gave the exploder to Joe. Well done. RVD then thought he saw another opening, so he went for a five-star frog splash, but Cage was like, uh-uh, you don't get to do it again. And he pushed him off to the turnbuckle, and when the whole deck was cleared, Samoa Joe was like, right, I'm going to choke you out, you fool. And because Rob Van Dam couldn't breathe, Passed out, match done. And there was something very odd after this because the camera kicked kind of hangman and a page on the outside. And he was like, No, don't shoot me, don't film me. Now, it did kind of feel like he was injured here, but I hope this was just the rules. Nobody wants that. We're only weeks away from the pay per view. Trigman looked totally pissed too, which made sense because, of course, he had kind of been screwed here, or at least not got what he wanted. But in terms of a main event that just made you want to go, Wahoo, Wahey, I am giving it an up. I thought it was bloody great. I also still have no clue who's going to win in this match at Revolution, which was the idea. So overall, Dynamite is going to get an up. Like you say, I had a rollicking good time. Now, please do click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs for all. Because again, you must watch all of my shows. It is the law. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. And yes, I'll be all over your YouTube this weekend. There's so many shows. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I will. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.